Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wonder and Learn podcast. My name is Ronnie and I'm a homeschool mum of four children from the southwest of England. Each week we will be discovering more about how children learn and develop so that we can create an environment that lights up their minds, sparks their imaginations and enhances learning. I hope this podcast will inspire you to bring wonder and joy into your child's education. This week, I'm talking to Sarah Javid. She is a homeschool mum of three, and she is very experienced. She's been homeschooling them right from the beginning, and I know some of them have done their GCSEs exams now. So I'm really excited to talk to her all about her homeschool experience and get lots of tips and advice from her. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me to be on. It is an absolute pleasure. And thank you for that introduction. (laughs) Could you just start by telling us a bit about yourself and what made you decide to home educate? So like Ronnie said, I am uh, Sarah and I am a homeschooling mum of three. My children are 15, 13 and 11 and I've been homeschooling them probably for about 13 years through early years primary and secondary um, into exams. Um, I'm also a a homeschool consultant so I like to spend time helping other people um, on their ups and downs in this homeschooling journey. I'm also the author of the children's Islamic book I'm So Angry and I work part-time as well so I'm a part-time gymnastics coach so I work with children Um, And that's basically me. Um, And why I decided to homeschool? Well, like many, I always wanted to homeschool. And you've got to remember, this is a long time ago. We're going back like 13, 14, 15 years. And the homeschooling community didn't look anything like it looks now. And there wasn't a lot of information out there about homeschooling. And although I always wanted to homeschool, I, like a lot of parents, doubted my abilities to to do such a thing. And back in those days, homeschoolers all looked a certain way. They all came from a certain background. There wasn't a very big community. And so that made me very nervous about taking the leap into homeschooling. And I also valued homeschooling. I saw it as... um, a parental responsibility, in my opinion. I, 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 I saw it as an extension of motherhood. And so for me, it was really important um, to at least have a go, if nothing else. And um, my oldest at the time, when he was about three or four years old, he did have a little bit of separation anxiety. And it you know, I didn't feel comfortable making him, you know, go into the school system, do something that he wasn't entirely comfortable with at that stage. And so, um, like many, I had a plan because if you know me, you know, I'm a big fan of plans. And my plan was always to just um, see how we got on. It was never, I never envisioned uh, home educating all the way to GCSEs. It was the, it was the dream, but I I didn't believe that I had the skills to be able to do it. 
And so at the beginning, I thought, let's just do it for a term. Let's just do it for a couple of terms and see how we get on. The option to put my children into school uh, is always going to be there. But what I couldn't do was live with the regret of not having at least tried it. Um, but once I saw the benefits and the blessings of homeschooling, I knew straight away that this was going to be the way that we were going to continue. Amazing. I love what you said there as well about it being an extension to motherhood. You know, people think that they can't do it, but actually any mother and any father can home educate their children, can't they? Yeah, we do it. We all do it in some shape or form. We just don't label it as homeschooling. But if you think about it, the moment we become parents, we are teaching our children. We teach them everything. In fact, we probably teach them the most important skills they need in life, you know, outside of the academics. And so I don't know why we put so much pressure on us when it comes to academics. We've taught them the hardest things. Um, so it's just an extension of that. Um, and, you know, from an Islamic perspective, I felt as though this was going to be, this was my role, uh, in my opinion, and this was something I was going to be questioned about. And although we all know guidance can only come from Allah, um, and may Allah guide all our children, um, I mean, I, I wanted to do everything that I could. I recognised that we only have our children for a very, very short period of time. And the best way to instill in them the qualities or the skills that you as a family or as a, as a parent value is by homeschooling purely because you just have them for, you have so much time together. Yeah, absolutely. So the religion was actually something that was a factor in your decision as well. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what your style of home educating is? Is it quite structured? Do you follow the national curriculum? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Mm -hmm. So I, I was always very clear on my objectives when I started homeschooling. And at first I did what a lot of us do, which is um, do what we know. And I had no idea how conditioned I was to believe that education looked a certain way until I started homeschooling. And when I started homeschooling at the beginning, I basically did the school at home. And I thought that's what education looked like. Um, and it took me a while to actually, um, you know, undo the learning that I had having been through the system myself. But I was always clear, I knew that I wanted my children to do their GCSEs. And I also knew that I needed the time to be able to give them the skills that they needed to be able to do the GCSEs. And because I knew I would be the one doing the teaching, I wanted to buy that time. So therefore, I, I have always followed the national, national curriculum because it gave me a guide, it gave me um, the foundation that I needed to build on. And so as the years went on, I realized that um, I, I myself grew in confidence in my ability to homeschool. And then I you know, would change my approach here and there and make sure that I was you know, incorporating things that my children enjoyed. But generally speaking, I would stick to the structure 
um, that was needed to follow the national curriculum because I had my, my goal on them being able to do the GCSEs. And for me, you don't have to do it that way. Um, and it's very, very much doable for you to just, you know, start the GCSEs in a year and be able to do the exams. But I knew I needed the time. Um, because it was just going to make my life easier. And so I, um, for that reason, I have always been structured. It's nice to see how you've changed your approach a little bit over time as well, because I think a lot of people start homeschooling with the same thought process. They think they have to follow what the children are doing in school. They should follow the national curriculum. But, you know, as you begin to home educate, you realise that you can add stuff in, you can take stuff out and you don't have to follow it so like prescriptively, really. You can you can change bits here and there as well, even if you want to do your GCSEs. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And I think that's quite um, you evolve over time. And as you start this journey, you'll realise that you don't stay the same. Your children don't stay the same. Um, there's so many variables and one of the things as a homeschool parent is being able to um, facilitate those changes and those growths in your in your homeschool journey and we you know for us I even did a year although generally speaking I always stayed structured I did do a year where um, we did unschool because I was just fascinated by the freedom that it offered and I thought I just have to try this all the unschoolers I had met were just so happy and so free that um, I, I really admired their ability to be that way so I thought right I'm gonna we're gonna do a year where we're just gonna unschool um and it was fantastic it was really great but it just didn't work for us it didn't work for our family long term because my children are in competitive sports and the discipline that's required to be involved in competitive sports spills into their everyday life and so I was finding the balance quite difficult but the great thing is is recognizing that you're on this journey together you're on this journey as a family and there is there's nothing wrong and I actually do it quite often where I where I apologize to my children now as teenagers for the mistakes I made early on or we laugh about things that you know I I believed were were part of our homeschool journey and now I look back and think why why on earth did I put so much pressure on myself so I think it's inevitable as you grow and evolve that you your your direction your homeschool direct direction will change and that's part of the beauty of the journey it is organic it is uh, very unique and different for each family and um personally my children have always thrived with structure they've um ever since they were babies they were they always had a very firm routine uh you know we never compromised when it came to their eating and sleeping and therefore you know that's their style um but that's not for everyone but part of this journey is to find uh what suits you and your family and that's probably the hardest thing, I think, in the first sort of couple of years of the homeschool journey for anyone is trying to find your feet and find what works for your family.
I love what you were saying about the competitive sports and how that spilled over into all aspects of your life. That's something that I've never really thought about before. You know, we could have one vision, but then things that our children are interested in, it just kind of takes over, doesn't it? How have you facilitated your children's growth in sports? Because I know that they're quite interested in going into sports as careers. So how have you managed to facilitate that alongside the academics? And, you know, also, how do you, as a parent, say it's okay for them to do something non-academic? Because I think people from certain backgrounds, like my parents, for example, they're Polish, they're very much into the academics. You know, you should go into a scientific career or, you know, something like that, go to university. But you are enabling your children, your eldest, you know, to go into football. And some people might look at you and say, why are you allowing that? So how have you enabled yourself to be okay with that? Explain to the community that it's fine as a career and you're happy with them to do that rather than going into university and things like that. How have you managed to do that? I think, um, thankfully, the world is very different now than it was when we were children, uh, when our parents were raising us and when our grandparents, you know, first came over to this country, um, there are so many different directions to reach any given goal nowadays. So, you know, one size doesn't fit all. We don't all have to do things the way that we, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years thought that we had to, you know, everyone had to do things the same way. You don't have to do that now. And especially nowadays when we've, when we've seen, um, you know, the amount of debt um, and everything that's accumulated with higher education and um, often employers are looking way more for things like skills and actual practical experience. There's, you know, you have to find what's right for you and for your family. And if you're a family where, you want to go down the traditional route then that's absolutely fine for us yeah you're absolutely right um attitudes are changing especially towards sports there was a time where um especially being south asian you've got to understand our credibility was gained through education no one took you seriously unless you were a doctor or a lawyer it's unfortunate but that's just the way it was you needed to have those credentials to be taken um, to have any form of credibility but you know thankfully through the hard work of you know the generations before us times have changed and it has opened up doors and opportunities for us um, today and personally as a family sport has given my children the skills and the lessons um, that, you know, are unlike anything else. And as our children get older, they become more and more independent and they don't really do very much with you anymore. It's very easy when they're young, but they quickly grow up and you will find that they actually do a lot of things alone and independently. And for me, it was really important to keep my children active and busy and occupied because I didn't want them to just be hanging around out. The time and place for everything, but I would much rather they were spending their time wisely, um, learning skills, developing skills, and sport just gave us that opportunity. Um, And it, it, 
enabled my children to pick up so many different skills and travel. Um, you know, my sons traveled Europe, uh, you know, playing football and meeting lots of people and just the experiences along the way, they just cannot be replaced by anything else. And um, as parents, it was up to us to, to facilitate that with time, um, resources, material, um, giving them the platform and the emotional support that they needed, um, as well as the encouragement that was required for them to pursue their, their passion. Um, even after all of this, you know, if they decide, you know, in 10 years or whatever, 20 years that actually, no, they want to go down the academic route, then as a parent, it would still be up to me to make sure that I facilitate that. But it just so happens that this, this point in time, they are doing um, great in sports. And for us, it was just about doing things with Ehsan. So whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. If that opens up new opportunities for you, then go for it. But if it, but the most important thing is that you don't live with the regret of, I had this opportunity, I didn't do my best and what if, you know? So yes, opportunities presented themselves and we just said, okay, if that's what you want to do, then we will facilitate that, we will do whatever, but you have to make sure that you're giving it 110%, working to your hardest level. Um, and then what happens after that is out of your control, but at least you can look back and say that we did the best that we could. Um, and, and for that reason, I just think sport is, um, is just so important for children in so many ways. Um, and how much my children have learned and grown um, through sport, I think has just been probably the biggest blessing. Yeah, I think it's absolutely amazing, like the path that your children are taking. And it's so interesting to watch how they develop as well, because I know you share a lot about, you know, how your son's getting on on your Instagram account. So it's really nice to see how he's progressing so well. Um, how has it been to facilitate all of that sport alongside the homeschooling? Do you think homeschooling has just, you know, helped you a lot with that? You know, has it enabled him to practice more? and things like that? Or do you find it is a bit difficult to juggle homeschooling and the extracurricular sports activities that they do? Um, it's definitely been a benefit, homeschooling. Homeschooling has helped massively because um, everything that we do in terms of uh, their education is tailored around their sports because they're just as important so it's not like uh, we are so blessed to have that control first and foremost a lot of parents of talented athletes or um you know actors and so on and so forth don't always have that control and sometimes it can be very difficult in a in a in a school system but um for us homeschooling has definitely meant that we can tailor everything around their eating their training schedule their travel um, and, and everything that's required for them um, through sports, because it is a lot. They are, um, you know, in competitive sport or, or at a level of elite um, sport, 
it really does take over your life. There, it, there's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of extra training that has to be done. Everything is part of that training. You've got to remember when it comes to sports, it's not only a mental thing, it's also a physical thing. So things like making good choices, um, you know, that's another thing that sports offers my children. They have to ensure they're making the right choices, that they're eating the right foods at the right time, that they're getting enough sleep, they're getting enough water, all of these things, because they're all part of their training program. Um, and so it's very difficult and time consuming. But really, if you think about it as parents, we all do it even if our children go to school. I mean, you just think about how much is on your plate. You have to make sure that they have, you know, the right things that are needed, you know, depending on whatever it is that the school school is doing at any given point. Um, so actually we all do it, all parents do it. And there's, in fact, there's a lot of um, probably, well, definitely a lot more school goers that have done incredibly well in competitive sport um, and their parents have been able to do it. Um, so, uh, but in our case, yes, we have been very, very lucky, even with the GCSEs to be able to sit them earlier so they're out of the way so that he can focus on, you know, other things that are, are more important to him. Yeah, and you just mentioned GCSEs there and that was something that intrigues me as well because you know, some people might say, well, he's good at sport. He wants to be a footballer. Why bother with GCSEs? So why was it important to you and to him to do some GCSEs? And how has it been for him? How have you found the whole process of, you know, teaching for the GCSEs at home and doing the um, IGCSEs and going to the exam centers? How has that whole process been for you? So sport now, if they're, um, if you're like in, in any type of elite, you know, sports, they are required, um, players and athletes are required to have um, a degree of education. And so, for example, in football, they are required to do school twice a week at the academy. Um, and they have to have certain GCSEs to be able to continue um, on with their scholarship at 16. So it's, um, it's a requirement. Um, so it's not like you do sports and you, you shouldn't do anything else. In fact, they place a lot of value and importance on education. They always want to know what they're doing. And even when they go beyond um, their GCSEs and they start scholarship, the, the academy does offer them the BTEC sport or, or A-levels even. Um, it's very much in, encouraged, especially when you, if you're looking at it from a statistical point of view, um, the number of players that actually make it um, you know, to premiership is so, so rare that um, academies are um, required to ensure that they all players have a backup plan. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but it was also important for me um, that he had you know, at least the basics. He needed to have the maths. He needed to have the English, not only to carry on with his scholarship, but also, um, a basic foundation. Um, although learning never stops, it's not that he's just going to stop learning, he's constantly learning all the time anyway. Um, and education is always going to be there. If he ever wants to come back to it, then that's fine too. Um, but it was important for me that he had at least the basics that he needed 
process as private candidates is an interesting one. It's definitely an experience. The very first time you do it, it's not as straightforward as you hope. But once you've done the first one, then you get the hang of, you know, the rest. And for me, I knew I had to spread them out. I've got three children. You know, I'm very realistic. There's no way they're going to do as many GCSEs as I've got um, because you're paying for each exam. You're traveling to centers. If it's a morning exam, you're probably staying the night before. It's just not realistic. And so for me, I knew, okay, we're going to do them one at a time. We're going to focus on um, just getting that that particular exam done, because I recognize that exams aren't really about what you know. They're not there to measure intelligence. Um, They're literally just tick boxes. And you need a certain set of skills and a strategy to be able to sit exams. And that's why they work with some children and they don't work with other children. And by no means is that a reflection of their intelligence. It's just a really outdated version of measuring um, how much someone knows something. Um, So I knew that I needed the time to give him the skills um, to be able to tick the boxes that he needed to be able to sit the exams. And so for that reason, we just, you know, if you as a homeschooler have um, the, you have the control and the flexibility to make life easier for your child, why would you not take it? Um, that's part of our prerogative of, as homeschoolers, as private candidates. I'm paying for the paper, so I will generally look through the boards and try to pick, you know, quote unquote, the easiest or the most straightforward one, or a board where I think the questions are going to suit my child's style better, right? Um, you know, I have that. Um, and I can mix and match. So I can do a Cambridge for English and I can do Edexcel for maths and I can do something else because I have that freedom as a private candidate. I can do them earlier. I can do them later. So as a homeschooler, that's probably one of the biggest pros uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, assessing learning. You can do things however your child um you know, feels most comfortable. So if you feel at 16, your child isn't ready to sit a formal exam, you don't have to do them at 18. Um, So that's what's great about it. And so at the beginning, you know, trying to find uh, the boards uh, that you want to cover, going through the material, uh, finding a center, the exam application, the payment, all of these things, and as well as the pressure and the responsibility we, we put on ourselves as homeschoolers um, and teaching the course, ensuring your child has the skills that they need to sit the exams um, is, is probably the most interesting experience. Um, but you have to remember that you have the control. You can do it as many times as you need, um, whenever you want, however you want. Um, And so uh, that is definitely one of the pros. And personally, I would say that um, it has, the GCSEs has been my biggest homeschooling achievement and milestone. Um, I think back to how much I doubted myself and how much pressure I put on myself as a homeschooling parent right at the beginning and how much pressure other people put on me um, by saying things like, you know, 
that I had rejected a free state education to pay a fortune to do it all myself. And so that, you know, that thought and that idea and that worry that we all have that maybe by, by keeping our children at home or home educating them that somehow we're limiting them or that we're not doing what, um, what is right for them by somehow that we're going to, uh, you know, um, what's the word, uh, not, not do them justice. Um, I think, and a lot of parents tend to say that to me. And for those reasons, the GCSE was, was a big deal for me more than my kids. I don't think they were really, uh, I don't think Leith was very bothered really, but for me, it was, uh, it was an important milestone. Yeah, I never really thought of it like that, actually. It's quite a milestone for us parents, isn't it? As well as the children. That's that's an interesting way to look at it. When I started homeschooling, it was almost seen as going backwards. So, you know, 13, 14 years ago, it was like you've got a free state education and you're rejecting it to do it yourself. Like, why? For what reason? Um, and so everybody was expecting something and people would often test my children we would never test a schoolgoer about what they know and what they don't know but for some reason people think it's okay to test homeschoolers and then if they don't know something or they have a gap in their knowledge it's almost as though see that's because you're at home and if you're at school you'd know that um, and it took me a really long time to be okay with that it's okay that my children didn't know everything that I couldn't do it all it's all right because when it comes down to exams if you choose to go down that route you will cover the material and give them the skills that they need to be able to go to the exam and do it yeah so it's not something really that you need to be thinking about right at the beginning is it you know because you know that by by the time they get to their teenage years you will be able to just cover what they need to know for the exam you've also got to remember that with each year you homeschool, you grow in experience and confidence. So sometimes it's it's unproductive to be thinking about GCSEs when you're still when you still got primary kids. You know, it's don't worry about it. Just be in the moment, doing what you need to do at that level. Because when you get to GCSEs, think about all that all those years that you've been doing the job I mean in sports we have this idea of you know the 10,000 hour rule that if you do a skill for 10,000 hours you you actually become an expert in it and so if you think about how many hours you spend homeschooling by the time you get to GCSEs technically speaking you're actually an expert in some shape or form so although it's daunting at the beginning it's okay because when you get there, you'll have all this experience and you, that, will, that will increase you in confidence to be able to do that task. I love that. That is such great advice, Sarah. And I think those who have got children in primary school still in those early years, they're really going to take a lot from that. You know, they are going to gain more experience. And there's no point worrying about GCSEs right at the beginning because, you know, you're going to be a completely different educator by the time that comes around. Absolutely. And also your children, by the time they get to like 13, 14, they will be telling you what they want to do. You know, so you might be worrying about GCSEs and your 13 year old or 14 year old turns around and says, well, actually, I want to go down this path. 
can you make this happen? Or I want to do something specific and I need to go into college. You as a home educator will say, okay, let me go and find out what it is that you're required to be able to do this course at college. Um, and then that will sort of shape your secondary homeschool path. So you might, you can worry as much as you want or you can have plans, but as your children get older, they have they some, sometimes, not all the time, but some children have a direction about where they want to go and how they want to do certain things. And then it's just up to you to do the research and be able to, to help them on that path. Absolutely. Um, finally, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how you incorporate religion into your homeschool, because I know you said at the beginning, religion is an important factor for you in terms of why you actually wanted to home educate in the first place and for the listeners who don't know you are a Muslim and your family is Muslim so you're trying to instill Islamic values into the children how do you do that at home how have you how has homeschooling facilitated the religious education of the children so my main one of my main objectives for homeschooling was to help my children understand who they are um, where they come from and what their purpose is in life before anything else. Knowing your purpose in life and understanding the significance of accountability for, the, for all our actions um, is important to having meaning in life. Um, it is the foundation that we build and raise individuals that are gonna be an asset to their community in my opinion. And so structuring our day as homeschoolers around our prayers and always making time to build a connection with Allah and his words, um, trying to build good habits that I believed would, um, would help my children navigate independently because it wasn't really about them when they were little. The aim in terms of our religious goals as homeschoolers was always to help them when they're independent. I'm not going to be with them all the time. Life would be easier if I was with them all the time, sort of helping them make the right choices. And that's not to say that my children don't make poor choices. They're children. They have to make the wrong choices. That's how they learn and grow. So I'm completely open to that. But my, my goal was to just build a relationship where when these things happen, they come with their questions to me so that I can help them and, and navigate that. So the, the being able to instill those habits and give them um, an understanding that would help them navigate through this really harsh, confusing world that we live in has always been important. And also, like you said, we are Muslims, it is our lifestyle and our identity and everything we try to do um, is based on our values as, a Mus as Muslims. And so um, it was much easier to instill these values that we felt were important um, to us in, in our children when homeschooling. And so um, it has always generally been quite easy to incorporate religion because it's just it's just our lifestyle. So they know no different really to a certain extent. And as they get older, they have a lot of questions, the more independent they become and the more they go out into the real world. And it was always very important for me 
to ensure that my children were socializing with lots of different children from lots of different backgrounds um, and they have questions but we have always tried to be open to those questions and um, you know answer them as authentically and honestly as we can um, but to give them um, the foundation so that they are a benefit um, to others because ultimately that is really important to us even with sports it you know we always try to remind them that with it any success there is a degree of responsibility and that responsibility is to your community to others what you can do with the position that you're in so if you're in a position where you you know you you might be able to help another child focus on sport that helps them with you know troubles that they're going through maybe in school or at home or you know anything um, then that becomes um, a responsibility um, and the more um, our community can see role models or figures that are similar to them there's that, that can only bring about positive results inshallah that is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sarah. It's so wonderful to hear about your goals being about creating identity, allowing your children to know who they are, know their place in the world and their purpose in it. It's just wonderful to hear about all of that, all of the things you've shared, I think are going to be so beneficial to parents everywhere. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your questions. I really hope that, um, you know, I'm able to help other people. And if I am, that's all good. All um, positive is all from Allah and all praise belongs to him alone. Alhamdulillah. And if you'd, you know, if anybody wants um, to ask me any questions or if anybody wants to know more about our journey, then, um, you know, just you can catch me on Instagram. Yes. And I will put all the links to your Instagram and everything else, your book as well, because you did mention your book at the beginning as well. I'll put all of the links in the show notes. So if anyone's interested, just go and take a look at the show notes and click on the links. Do you want to just mention your book quickly before we go? Yeah, so my book is I'm So Angry. It's a children's Islamic book and it's available on Amazon. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Ronnie. So lovely to speak to you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have some free time, it would be great if you could leave a review. I love reading your reviews. I love hearing about what you thought of the podcast. And it just helps other families like yours find the podcast and benefit from it. I'll be here next week with another episode of the Wonder and Learn podcast.